0: In this episode of Boss Files, Deloitte CEO Kathy Engelbert, she's the first woman to become CEO of a major professional services firm. And shortly after she took over, she instituted a 16-week family leave program. What does it mean for new parents? Why did she do it? And does it make business sense? I asked her when we sat down in New York in September. Thank you for being here, Kathy. It's great to be here. Appreciate it. You're a first You are the first woman ever to be named CEO of a big four professional services firm. You've been in the job now for a little while. When did it really strike you?
1: Well, um, obviously, once you get a job like this and you have over 70,000 people, it strikes you pretty quickly that you need to do things to be bold. You need to innovate around talent, and that's some of the things we've been working on over the past 19 months.
0: But when did it strike you that you were a first?
1: Oh, that I was a first? It struck me um, basically on week one because of the outpouring of... Um, letters and emails and calls from people saying they were inspired by something and for me it was about the outcome of an inclusive culture that we had at Deloitte but for them it was inspiring that that I became that first woman yeah. CEO.
0: But you've also said that you're a little bit uncomfortable with all of the attention you got because of it sort of breaking through that proverbial glass ceiling. What's What's uncomfortable about it?
1: I guess it was uncomfortable because I didn't think this was a big deal because I'd been 29 years and actually now 30 years with Deloitte. So for me, I said, oh, this is not that I aspired to be the CEO, but this was where I aspired to be a leader. So for me, it's uncomfortable to have attention on me because I worked there for 29 years before ascending to this box title called CEO. And that's what's uncomfortable.
0: And pressure. Do you feel more pressure?
1: Um, I definitely feel uh, more um, pressure as you think about a multi-generational workforce like we have. And you have 70 plus thousand employees who are depending on you to lead the firm and to inspire them to do great work at our clients. So that's the pressure. I, I'm, I'm enjoying it immensely. But you do think about that and reflect every once in a while.
0: No question. That's the pressure that every chief executive feels. I wonder if you feel more pressure in part because you are a woman first in your sector. I mean, there are many who have said that Marissa Meyer, for example, at Yahoo, uh, has an Unfair amount of scrutiny over her, in part because she's a woman. Whether you ascribe to that or not, some have said that. Do you feel that is the case? I think it's not so much
1: pressure, but it's definitely you're being watched more. I think you're being watched for every move you make. You're being watched how you build relationships. You're being watched on how you balance family and life. So I do think you get watched more. We're more, um, uh, you know, noted for things that we do than I think our male counterparts. But um, but again, it's all part of the all part of the job. Yeah.
0: All right, so a record, we've hit a record this year, and that is that we are at the most female CEOs ever for S&P 500 companies. Um, 27 is the number, but it's still only 5%. Why are you, female CEOs of these big companies, still such a small group?
1: I think a year ago I was optimistic that we'd be able to make progress because the number actually was a lot less a year ago. Uh, but I do think the more role models we have, the more we have women aspiring to build their capability more broadly, I think we're making huge progress and I'm still optimistic. We're clearly not even close to where we need to be. We've had some women fall off the list, but yeah. we've had men fall off the list uh, who have had challenging times at their company. So I do think though this is about confidence, I do a lot of speaking with younger women and they Always ask, what's the number one piece of advice? And I said, you must be confident. Raise your hand and build your capability. Because if not, they'll see role models like me, but they won't get there if they're not confident.
0: No, in, in internally that you can do it
1: absolutely know internally and have the confidence i often take a look at the landscape of women who raise their hand for different roles in our organization or others and the numbers
0: aren't there for that and that's what we
1: need to progress more on
0: deloitte just made a big step in instituting 16 weeks four months of paid family leave for all your employees men and women this isn't just parental leave this is for caring for a sick relative for an elderly parent up to 24 weeks of maternity leave for mothers. That's a lot. Yes. Um, It's a huge shift and I'm wondering why it came now.
1: It came now because the first thing we've been looking at is the life cycle of our employees' well-being. We have a multi-generational workforce. I'm one of the baby boomers looking for more elder care as my mom just turned 80. Uh, our new professionals are looking more for maybe student loan consolidation and maybe fitness subsidies. And then our mid-career professionals are looking to start families or maybe take care of uh, a, a sick child. Um, so we wanted to be very inclusive and we actually did it now because we're, um, you think about innovation, Yeah.
0: we're trying to innovate around talent and this is something we consider innovative. Well, it, it's also what, people said that they would rather have, right? I mean, you guys studied this, and 50% said they would rather have more parental leave than a pay
1: a pay raise. Yes. Is that for real? That is for real. So if you think about the millennial population, and we are a big organization of millennials, purpose over profits, triple bottom line, not just the financial side, it actually makes a lot of sense. If you ask 50 percent of the workforce, what they w- would they prefer that over a pay raise, they are saying yes.
0: Is that more women saying that, that they want more parental leave, or are men equally saying Interestingly, that?
1: Interestingly, it was not gender-based. And I will tell you, the outpouring of letters that I've received in emails from our announcement of this has been from men and women equally. Men have uh, an opportunity now to take up to 16 weeks for whether, again, it's parental leave, or taking care of an elder parent or a sick child. So I have some great stories from men and women, and some men, LGBT uh, men say, oh, I was gonna adopt, and now um, I I actually can take the time off with our new child as well.
0: Here's the thing, it's one thing to give this leave, like 16 weeks parental leave to men or women, it's another thing to actually get them to take Take it. it. And Kathy, I think especially for men, I mean, I've heard anecdotally from men, new fathers who work at these companies that give an equal amount of time, they saw that they were allowed it, but they didn't see the examples of other men in leadership taking it, so they felt like they couldn't take it. How do you get to that next step?
1: I think that's in a really important point because we have not get, we have not had men take leave for long periods of time. So this is the first offer of paid leave, and I think we really need some role models. I had a, a one of our new partners come to me and say, "I have a, a child who's autistic. I really want to take this time off." And I said, you need to take it off because we need you as a role model. So I do. Yes, absolutely. The full four months. So uh, again, it's an up to sixteen weeks. So he'll make it work for him. Okay. Another woman whose father was just diagnosed with Alzheimer's, mother diagnosed with Parkinson's. She wants to do it, but she wants to do it flexibly. Work three days and then take off two days, and take that up to uh, four
0: months, taking it uh, flexibly, and we'll allow that. This study that Deloitte did of a thousand people this survey, uh, not just in Deloitte, outside as well. Two interesting things that stand out from this study you guys did. One, less than half of the people surveyed felt that their organizations helped men feel comfortable taking the parental leave. And more than a third of men and women think that if they take that leave, their job is going to be in jeopardy. How do we change that so they're not scared?
1: Well, we absolutely need to. You need to start by giving paid leave. You need to start by having people take it putting them out as role models. I mentioned, you know, men and women equally can take this. Our men need to have some courage. So that's why we're talking about this culture of courage. Because they do need to have a little bit of courage. But again, the beauty of doing this is to actually, you got to start somewhere. You just can't wait and think that you're never going to have a role model. Just like we don't have enough women CEO role models, we will find male role models and we'll profile them to say, it is okay. And look, this person came back and their career didn't suffer and make sure that we're actually mentoring and sponsoring them. And that sponsorship is going to be important for those that are on that leave. But again, as you think about it, um, we're really excited that we'll be able to be a leader in this and and our men and women I, I believe based on early returns that our men will feel comfortable we taking do.
0: this. You're a company that has to care a lot about your bottom line too. Yes. How much is this gonna cost Deloitte?
1: Yes we've done cost analysis but we've actually looked at the benefits too of if we lose someone from the workforce because they can't take the appropriate time off and recharge and come back as a productive employee. We've done that cost too. Have you seen
0: that happening? There's
1: no doubt there's a cost and there's a huge training cost. We're a big apprenticeship model. We hired over 20,000 people last year and if we then train them up and in two or three years if they have a life event that might require them to take leave we can't lose them from the workforce. So this actually will be a benefit. There's certainly a cost for filling gaps and capabilities. Did you model that out? I mean, you we, must have we done did well, What mod- are you looking at? We did model it out, but we do, we have an advantage being large and having large teams that we can fill capability gaps. And we also did analysis of our women today most of them were taking four months or more off when huh. they were on maternity leave, but part of it was unpaid. Right. So now they have the peace of mind and that's the, the message we have back is, not sure I'll ever have to take this, hopefully I won't for a sick child or sick, a sick parent, but I have the peace of mind to know it's there. And that benefit is huge around productivity and attraction and retention of talent.
0: Oh, certainly, It's a talent wars abound, yes, right? Yes, absolutely. Are, are you guys willing to say what it what it what what you're putting aside every year, what you think it'll cost, what you're budgeting for a year? Because I'm really interested, as all these firms do it, what it costs them.
1: Yeah, I think there's a variety of different models that will show the cost in different ways. We already gave up to eight weeks to, to uh, moms, mm-hmm. for instance. That had a cost, but that cost never bore out in hard dollars. Because unless you have to go out and hire replacement, sure. which we didn't have to do, so the cost is, is really filling gaps and um, maybe some replacement hires, but it didn't bear out. So now you would take that to 16 weeks, broader population, and up to 16 weeks, not everyone's going to take the full right. time. But again, I think the, the advantage of the productivity and not having to retrain people to do the job of the people that you know will now stay with the organization far outweighs the cost.
0: Was it a hard sell to the board?
1: Uh, certainly a hard sell, broadly, to because to, we're a partnership. So we have sure. uh, an operating committee, an executive team, and a board of directors. So we certainly, because that's why it was so important to do it in an orderly way to think about the cost, because there's no doubt that everybody has a little different opinion. So it was hard. Uh, yeah, you, it, no doubt you have different opinions about whether we needed to do this, we have no problem getting applications for people into sure. Deloitte. But again, as we think about a multi-generational workforce, we, I think this was something we had to do I think ultimately because as you know it's a political issue it's a public policy issue and eventually we wanted to be leading and this is our innovation you know again we invest in R&D it's around talent and that's what this was.
0: How much of this for you is personal because I read that your former employer back in the 90s someone asked you why come back after maternity (laughs) leave why not just rely on your husband
1: That really happened? Yes, that really happened um, in in an era where um, it was probably a question that was being asked of many women. Not that long ago. Yes, not that long ago. Uh, But clearly, we've come a long way. Clearly, I think the parental responsibilities have shifted enormously since my mother and father. What
0: was your reaction to
1: that? My reaction was, "I, I appreciate your perspective, but I've always wanted to be a career mom. I think I can balance it. And uh, I ended up becoming very good friends with this person in the end and and, uh, and proving him wrong. So now they know you're
0: the CEO and it's pretty good you didn't just rely on your husband. It was
1: pretty good, yes. (laughs) That's a
0: good thing. Uh, Do you think that this change would have been instituted at Deloitte if you were not the CEO and if you were not female?
1: Um, The good news is I think um, we are about a meritocracy. I think I was the outcome of an inclusive culture. So I want to say it would have been. We were the first firm to have a minority CEO who preceded me a woman chairman um, who, who preceded me as well. So I think it would have happened because of the inclusive culture that we have. Whether it would have happened with the speed at which we did it, I'm not sure. But I started to sense the marketplace. I started to sense this as a, a innovation and in talent. And I really wanted the message to be to lead on leave because it was important to me. I've had um, siblings with cancer. I was able to go to chemotherapy with my brother over a six month period. So that was also personal to me. <laughs> Uh, to make sure that we had something that was going to be more inclusive for our people that are faced with really tough family situations. This this is
0: one of the first big things you took on as CEO, right? Was this one of your priorities? number one, number two priority. Well, number
1: one priority is to innovate in these disruptive times, sure. to look not just at the shiny new technology and, and drive ingenuity in that, but also innovation and talent. And people yeah. miss, and a lot of CEOs I meet with, I talk about how we're innovating around talent. As you look at the, t- the changing dynamics of the talent workforce, you look at the open talent networks that are emerging. Mm-hmm. So that is a very high priority for us. And we call it developing a culture of courage around building agile talent, because talent. to be very different by 2020 and certainly by 2025.
0: There, I believe, was one woman at your firm, if not more, young women have come to you and basically said, I was thinking of leaving um, before I heard you speak about these issues, before I sort of saw what you did. And that that changed dramatically how you were running things, how you were messaging.
1: Yes, definitely messaging. We must all story tell. We must story tell, especially those of us who are balancing family and work around integrating work and life. We have to story tell around how you can't give up because it's not linear, and there are different challenges uh, mm-hmm. uh, depending on what you're dealing with. Again, for me, it was raising two children and the different challenges that came with that when they were t- newborns and toddlers versus teenagers. Uh, for others, it's totally different because they either have hobbies or they're trying to deal with an aging parent or a sick, yeah. <laughs> sick uh, relative. So um, that—that's what really <laughs> struck me when these women came to me. They told me their story. It's my responsibility and all of our women's responsibility to to storytell. So we've started something called the Art of Storytelling. So we all are really focused on being role models, telling our stories, and making sure women know that they, it's not perfect uh, and they can balance it all and, and stay with alone. Delight, and they don't feel alone. You got
0: any, any advice for a mom of a six month old <laughs> yes, who doesn't new, really know what balance
1: means? A new mom. I will tell you, my b- best advice is it's not linear. It changes over time, so you need to be nimble and agile yourself in the way you, you manage it, but make sure you always spend the time. It's not about quantity, it's about quality.
0: Yeah, Don't get off my iPhone right when I'm, <laughs> when I'm with her. Yes. Um, Looking sort of bigger picture at at your career and your rise to this, because, again, you're part of a really small club, Kathy, a club of 27 female CEOs. When you look at at, at the S&P 500 companies, you said no in your career at a pivotal moment that actually helped lead you to where you are today. When did you say no and why did it help?
1: As I thought about different decisions, one, the first thing is before you say no to any career opportunity, you seek out mentors who can give you sanity checks on what you say. But the best part about when I said no to a career opportunity to move to another city to work on what would have been a great client for me, but it wouldn't have been in the industry, which I was building a specialization in, and nor would it have been to me. Family was very important, and I wanted to be close to family, and my husband works as well. So it was really important to me to, to really think about that situation. and. Also Ultimately said no but the best advice I got was have the yes right behind the no. So what did you say? You said no I'm not going to move
0: to this other city. I said no I'm not going to move to
1: this other city but the yes was I saw an opportunity on a client in the New York area where I was living at the time and I said how about that opportunity and the the senior leaders at the firm said that's interesting we actually wouldn't have thought of you for that role but now that you say it It's actually pretty interesting. And three weeks later, I was assigned to that particular client. So sometimes we do need to be a little self-assertive and say and raise our hand and say what we want. But for me, that no gave me the opportunity to say yes to something that provided a platform for me to ultimately become CEO. And you also put
0: your family first at the same time you put your career first. You didn't have to make a compromise.
1: Yes, absolutely. But it is important that you need to tell your employer what you're balancing. Because had I not been more transparent about this also doesn't fit into my family needs mm-hmm. by the way when i said no i was also pregnant with my second child but i didn't here's have the, that come into the conversation did they, was it
0: publicly were you no okay, no so it was, they, didn't know. they
1: didn't know but i said but that's not the that's not a primary reason why i'm saying no but i just think this other opportunity is better for me and yeah. if we could all say the no and say but here's the better here's opportunity the yes. from my eyes and it doesn't always work out um but in my case it did
0: Women and minorities now make up 66% of Deloitte's new hires. Yes, Is that emblematic of the changing demographic of the country or is that purposeful?
1: I think it's emblematic of the changing dynamics of the workforce and the, the actually wanting to build a more diverse workforce, not necessarily with a quota but a but really looking at diversity of thought and the inclusive environment that you can bring. And it is amazing to see our young people and how diverse the workforce is. So I think it is the changing demographics. As I say, because of our hiring numbers, if we don't get this right and, and have the right programs and have the right um, inclusive environment, you know, we're, we're not gonna be around. So that's why talent and is so important to us to get the programs like our family leave right.
0: Where's the most competition coming from? Because obviously companies like Facebook offer Yes. Same thing, four months. Yes. Um, we've seen Wall Street battling a lot with Silicon Valley in this war for talent. Where do you see the biggest competitors for the smartest, brightest minds?
1: Well, we obviously have traditional competitors in the big form accounting firms. We have traditional competitors on the consulting side. There are boutiques emerging in places like Cyber Risk where we compete very hard. Certainly in our human capital practice, there's boutiques. So it's a multi-dimensional competitive landscape and it just depends what part of your our business you're in but also as you think about the big technology companies and how they're emerging uh, you think about the old line companies like a GE who are out there talking about how innovative they are and they are and um, so we're all going to be competing for that same talent especially stem talent and talent that can be agile across not everybody needs to be a stem major not everyone needs to be a finance major but everybody needs to understand we're in a world of very disruptive technology Mm -hmm. and it's not just Um, you know, AI and social and mobile, it's it's an era where we're dealing with digital and disruptive technology.
0: No question about it. Final question. You're a mother as well as a CEO. You have a daughter in college, a son in high school. What was their reaction to the family leave huge shift? What, What did they say to you?
1: Yeah, so my daughter who is in college, she was so excited because she was hearing a little buzz on campus as Deloitte was on campus interviewing a couple days after that. And uh, everybody's obviously aware that family leave is important to these millennials and these digital natives especially. They're
0: thinking about that in college?
1: These digital natives are coming out thinking about, again, the holistic view of, what is your aspiration? What is your purpose? The the interviews that we're having with our young people, the questions we're getting around policies that we have in programs uh, is pretty really, amazing. They're not, they're not
0: just saying, what's well, my paycheck?
1: They're not just saying, and, and they are concerned about student loan and debt, you know, so that's why we offer yeah. student loan consolidation and other programs like that. But they are very excited to work for a company that they believe is innovating in talent. And so my son, 15, Maybe not so focused (laughs) on that. He's off in his augmented reality world.
0: (laughs) Thank you, Kathy. Thank you, Poppy, so much. Great great to be here. Thanks so much for tuning in to this edition of Boss Files. You can follow me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Poppy Harlow CNN.